So these past few months, we've been talking about what it means to pray the Psalms. And what that basically means is not letting our emotions dictate our actions and our beliefs and how we live, but letting God's word be the defining guide for our lives. We talked about every single week how if we don't let God's word decide for, for us how we should respond to situations, then we're in for a lot of heartache and trouble and misery. You know, it'd be like if I, um, if I took you down to Galveston and I put you in a little sailboat and I said, okay, you're going to sail from Houston to Australia. Okay, by the way, that, that compass, that GPS here, I'm going to take that. You don't get it. It'd be like trying to sail across the ocean without a, any kind of a guide, any kind of compass or GPS. So every gust of wind that comes, every undercurrent that comes is just taking you where it wants you to go rather than you knowing, no, I need to go to Australia. I'm going this way. And so if we don't have God's word as our compass in our life, then you're just going to be tossed to and fro by every emotion, every situation that comes your way. Um, and so as I was thinking about, okay, what, what, do, we, what do we need to talk about today? Um, I, I thought, you know, we have a few options. Maybe we can talk about how do we pray through our, our sin and our shame. So maybe using Psalm 51, uh, where, where David had just sinned, committed adultery with Bathsheba, and then killed her husband. And then he's, he's repenting to God in this psalm. And I thought maybe we could use Psalm 139 where it's, it's talking about our insecurities and how do we pray through our insecurities. That's a psalm that talks about how we're, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I, I think that those are more fruit issues rather than root issues. And what I mean by that is, is simply if, if you have an apple tree and you go to pick apples one day, but you notice all the apples are bad, they're not healthy. They, they're infected. You could keep chopping off your apples. You could keep you know, worrying about your fruits. Or you could really get to the real issue. And that is the fact that there's an infection in your root system. The internal parts of the tree are not healthy. And that's what I mean by, by looking at a root issue. Because we can focus on the fruits our sin and our insecurity and all those kinds of things. And those are, those are important for us to talk about in relation to God's word. But, but I want us to talk today more about a foundational root issue, um, not just the, the surface level things that come out of it, but okay, where, where, does, where does it all begin? Where does it all start? And so when we're talking about, okay, we need to love God's word, we need to let God's word guide our life I think the root issue, when we go down to it, is, okay, what, what happens when I don't want to read God's Word? What happens when the Bible just seems boring to me? What happens when I have literally zero desire to open this book and meet with God? What do we do then? How do we even get to the place of, of wanting to look in God's Word in the first place? You know, I, I think that uh, for, for many of us, Honestly, if we're, we're being honest with ourselves, we just we don't really care what the Bible has to say about our lives. You know, most of the time, I, I think for, for many, when we're, we're sitting here Sunday morning or uh, we're in small group Wednesday night and we're hearing God's word, it's just not that interesting to us. And in fact, it's, it's kind of boring. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of people, when they're sitting here, Sunday morning especially, and they're listening to a sermon, they're, they're more interested in the, the 
cute guy or the cute girl a few rows down or, or what we're eating for lunch after, after service or, I mean, like, Torchy's Tacos, anybody got it on the brain? Or we're, we're thinking about what show we're going to be watching at the end, once we get in the afternoon. So all these other things are on our mind except for God's Word. And I'll just I'll, I'll share with you guys, that's, that's my story. You know, I, I grew up in the church. Um, I, I knew all the right Bible answers. I knew all the right trivia. I had all the knowledge. I could tell you the answers to every, like, goofy question that somebody could ask, like, uh, okay, who's the oldest person to ever live in the Bible? Anyone? Methuselah. Methuselah. How old was he? Uh, 969. 969 years old. Isn't that crazy? I don't even know how that's possible, but it is. It's in the Bible. So I could tell you all the, the trivia answers. I could tell you um, Bible verses. I had some scripture memorized. But, you know, at the end of the day, after I got outside of church, uh, I was never really that interested in reading the Bible. There was always a thousand other things that I'd rather be doing with my time rather than spending time in God's Word. You know, I kind of had, had the subconscious idea that, okay, I come Sunday mornings, I come Wednesday night, and I get my fill of God's Word. Okay, I get my fill of everything I need, and then the rest of the week, I just have better things to do with my time. But consequently, because I didn't spend time getting to know God in His Word, I found that I had very little peace, very little happiness. I had very little contentment. I had very little power over sin and temptation and addiction. Because I wasn't meeting with God in his word daily and letting his word change me and guide me, I was, I was reaping what I had sown. I was experiencing the consequences of that, which was a, a very empty life. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that, that I kind of had a little bit of an awakening. I was like, okay, this isn't just some religious manual on how to be a good little church kid. This is God's handwritten letter to me. And he wrote it so, so that I can get to know him. I can get to, to be with him. I can learn from the infinite God of the universe how to live a successful life in Christ. And once I began to see the benefits of spending time in God's word, I began to spend more time with him. And then I started to experience more freedom, more joy, all those, those sins and temptations that, that I felt impossibly, uh, I had no power over, all those began to, to lose their power over me. But it was only because I, I began to spend time in God's word. And so the question we have here today is, if you're like me, how do, how do we get to a place where we even want to spend time in the Bible in the first place? How do we pray the Psalms when it just seems really boring to us? How do we spend time in the Bible when it's the last thing that we want to do? And so to, to talk about that, we're going to be in Psalm 119 today. Now, most people believe that Psalm 119 was written by King David, uh, the guy we've been talking about a lot these past few months. It's the longest psalm and the longest chapter in the Bible. Does anyone know what Psalm 119 is mainly about? Anyone? It's mainly about the Bible. 
So the longest chapter and the longest book in the or longest psalm in the Bible is all about how important it is to read the Bible. You know, I think God's trying to to get his point across to us that that if he took so much time to make this chapter the longest one in the Bible, there's got to be something to it. And so the question still remains, what if we don't want to read and love the Bible? You know, God places emphasis on it, but what if our our emotions aren't there? What if we have no, no affection for the Word? And so today, I, I hope that you come away with the, the thought, the truth, that, that prayer is totally intertwined in our ability to be able to enjoy and love God and His Word. And so we'll be in verse 18 today, Psalm 119, verse 18. It'll be our anchor verse for the day. Verse 18 says, Open my eyes, that I may see wonderful things in your word. Now, it seems like a pretty simple verse, but the more you start to think about it, I think there's three core essential truths that we can pull out of it. First of all, I think we, we see that there are, in fact, wonderful things in God's word. You know, I, I don't think that that's how most of us feel oftentimes, though. Like, do you see God's word as wonderful? Do you see it as a treasure? You know, I, I confess that, that at times it's, it's tough for me to see this as, as my greatest treasure in the world because I'm so distracted by everything else around me. But I think that once we, we start to understand that, that this isn't just some ancient textbook that we're just required by our teachers to read at school. No, no, this is God's handwritten letter to each of you so that, that you can live successfully in Christ. Do you realize that your, your every solution to every problem that you could ever possibly have is found in this book? Are you feeling anxious today? Well, then, then look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and his peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Are you feeling lonely? Well, then look, look at Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, you are with me. Are you feeling tired today? Look at Matthew 11. It says, and Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you feeling unloved today? Well, we'll look at Romans 8. It says, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you, you feeling tempted to sin in, in pornography or lust? Well, meditate on Matthew 5, and it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Are you being tempted with alcohol or drugs? Well, meditate on 1 Corinthians 10. It says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Guys, every single problem that we have in this life, every single problem has a solution in God's book to us. And because the infinite one, the infinite almighty God of the universe wrote it, 
we can be sure that it is rock-solid truth that we can stand on. Now, how many of you guys would, would think or, or say that, that it would be pretty wonderful to be best friends with somebody like, like Bill Gates or LeBron James or Alicia Keys? or you know, pick, your, pick your favorite celebrity. Would that be pretty cool? I think that'd be cool. I'd like to be best friends with them. That'd be, that'd be fun. But do you realize that, that God has given us this book so that we can be best friends with him and all those cool people that we, we look up to, they are infinitely less wise, they're infinitely less powerful, they're infinitely less able to do anything, they're infinitely less resourced than the infinite God of creation who wrote this book so that you could know him and be best friends with him. God gave us his words, his words so that we could know him, we could have an intimate relationship with him. So if, if the first thing that we see in this verse is that, yeah, okay, there are wonders in God's word, then the second thing we see is that we are just naturally blind to these wonders. We don't naturally see them. Even after we're saved, even, even after we're in Christ, we still have this struggle with, with our flesh. Our flesh is the, the part of us that still hates the things of God. It's the, the part that won't be... Reborn, It won't be made new until we're with Christ in heaven. So we still have this struggle between our, our spirit and our flesh. And, and Paul talks about this in Romans. It's why he, he says that the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. He says, Who, who's going to save me from myself? Thanks be to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's able. But there's still this battle inside of us. And so because we wrestle with this flesh, we have, we have blinders on. We can't see the wonders in God's word without his supernatural help to do so, without his empowering grace to open our eyes so that we can see the wonders in God's word. Our fleshly eyes just can't see spiritual things. And so we need God's Holy Spirit to awaken our spirit so that we can then see the spiritual wonders of God's word. So if there are wonders in God's word, and we're naturally blind to them, how do, how do we see them? Well, we, we see it in this verse. We have to pray daily that, that the Spirit would open our eyes. He says, open my eyes that I may see the wonders of your word. He's, he's crying out to God that, that he would open his eyes, to his, his, his fleshly eyes would would be able to see the spiritual wonders inside the Bible. And so if, if King David, who was a man after God's own heart, that's what God called him. He called him a man after God's own heart. If King David struggled, obviously, with, with sometimes just being bored at the Bible, that is so encouraging to me. I, I feel like I'm in good company. Like the man after God's own heart struggled to see the, the wonders of God's word, that makes me feel so encouraged, like I'm not alone. But King David was not content in his boredom. He was not content with his lack of love for the Bible. He wasn't content with his lack of love for God. And so what did he do? He, he recognized, okay, God, I don't see wonderful things in your word, and so you're going to have to open my eyes. If you don't open my eyes 
Heavenly Father, I won't see anything wonderful. I won't see anything beautiful. And so you have to do it. Work inside of me. I need you. He cried out to God in humility that the God of the universe would open his eyes to be able to see what's in the Bible. So just like David, if we don't pray daily, every time we open our Bible, that God would open our eyes to be able to see what's really in here, then we're going to be blind to it. And I pray that, that you guys aren't content with that, that boredom of God's Word that, that you may feel. If you're feeling uh, a lack of love, a lack of interest in the Bible, I, I get it, I've been there, I still struggle with it. But if you're content with that lack of love, that's a dangerous place to be. If that's you this morning, just be real with God. Be honest with him this morning and say, God, here's the deal. I, I, don't, even, I don't even want to read your Bible. And heck, I, I don't even want to want to read your Bible. There's nothing within me that wants to, to know you, to be near you. So God, if you're going to do that inside of me, you have to change me. So please change me. Just be honest with God about what's inside of you because he, he sees already. He knows so just be real with him. And if you're in the second camp this, camp this morning and, and you are not content with your lack of love for the Bible, then just pray, pray a similar prayer. God, I need you. I see that I don't love your word. And if you don't change me, if you don't awaken my heart to be able to see the wonders of your Bible, then I won't see it. And so you're going to have to do it inside of me. Just pray in humility that the Holy Spirit would do a work inside of you. You know, James 4.2 says, You have not because you ask not. And that verse applies to so many situations in our life, but I think it's especially applicable to what we're talking about here today. We have not because we ask not. We don't have a love for God's word because we don't ask him for it. When was the last time you asked God for a love for his word? As I was preparing this message this week to teach this, I, I wrote down that question, and then I was thinking, wait, when, when was the last time I asked that? When was the last time I prayed that? And guys, it's been a while. And I've been struggling with, with a season of, of having to fight through just disinterest in God's word and in my own pride and thinking that I know it all and I have it all together. And so this week as I wrote that down, I was like, wait, that, that's me. And so then I, I prayed. I was like, Holy Spirit, I need you. Forgive me for my lack of love for your word. I need you to change me. I need you to do a new work inside of me. Open my eyes to see the wonders of your word. And guess what? He did it. This week I've, I've had a greater love for the Bible than I've had in, in a good while. And it's not because I'm special. It's not because I'm a pastor or anything. It's because the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see how amazing his word is. And so James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. And then Matthew 7 says, keep on asking and you'll receive. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. And so first of all, we have to ask. And then secondly, we have to keep on asking. We have to keep on knocking, asking the Holy Spirit. Every time 
we, we wake up in the morning, every time we open our Bible, every time we go to bed at night, just breathe a prayer. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see the wonders of your word. Help me to love you. Stir my affections for you. Keep on asking. It's not a one-time deal. It's not like, okay, today we, we have this, this awakening and we see the Bible for what it really is and then we never have to, have to ask again. No, we, we get tired. We, we get weary from this life. We get distracted. And so every day we have to keep on asking God to do a new work inside of us. You know, I think that if we're letting our emotions lead us, if we're letting our emotions be our guide, then, then a lot of times it can feel like there's, there's really nothing, nothing wonderful about God's Word. There's nothing exciting. But just because we don't feel like something is wonderful, does that make it true? Well, let, let me put it this way. Say, say I was going to go up to the Grand Canyon and I was going to take you. And by take you, I mean kidnap you. And so I go to your house and I, I put a black bag over your head and I throw you in the trunk of my car. You know, I'm like a terrorist. So we go up to the, the Grand Canyon, and, and we get up to the cliff, and I take you out of the car. You still have the bag over your head, and I walk you up to the edge of the cliff. I'm not going to push you, don't worry. I, won't, I wouldn't do that to you, Gavin. I walk you up to the edge of the cliff, and I'm standing there, and, and I'm amazed because I get to see it. I get to see everything. But I, I say, hey, what do you think? It's, it's amazing, right? You, look, how, look how amazing it is. And you'd be there, and you're totally blind self, just breathing your hot air, your stinky breath back into your nose, and you just see darkness. That's all you're seeing because you have a black bag over your head. What would you say to me? You'd say, Kaylin, you're, you're crazy. No, this is not amazing. This is dumb. I, I'm hot. I got this bag over my head. There's nothing beautiful here to see. I could, I could experience the exact same thing if I went into my room at home and shut off the lights. Like There's nothing, nothing incredible here. Does that change the fact that before you sits the Grand Canyon, the, the amazing creation that's in front of you is, is sitting there, but you can't see it? And so it doesn't change the fact that the Grand Canyon is still amazing. And so what, what if you were to say to me, okay, no, no, I don't see anything. This is dumb. But hey, can you, can you take off my, my blindfold? I, I want to see and so I take it off for you, and then before you, you see the, the enormous cliffs, you see the, the beautiful colors, you feel the wind in your face, you hear the birds chirping above you as they're flying by, and, and your breath is taken away, because you see, oh my gosh, that's, that is glorious, it is beautiful. So did, did the Grand Canyon change? No. You, your eyes were open to see the beauty that was before you. And it's the exact same way with God's Word. God's Word is, is the Grand Canyon. It is, is infinitely beautiful. But for, for so many of us, so often we have a black bag over our head and we can't see it. We're blind to it. And so we have to cry out to the God who made us, God, open my eyes that I would see the beauty that's before me that I would see the majesty that's in your word. And if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. And so please, change my heart. The only way we're going to experience the infinite beauty of God's word 
is if the infinite one opens our eyes and allows us to. And so as we wrap up here today, I I just want to show a a quick five-minute video. I think it so beautifully shows us what what the battle is between uh, our our flesh not wanting to, to read God's word and what our spirit is longing for, the infinite God of the universe. So check this out. think about it. Pages and pages of God, his thoughts, his words, his heart, right there, just a few inches away. I can carry it with me everywhere I go, read it whenever I want. When we open the Bible, what do we see? We see God himself in this book. We meet him here or we don't meet him, not with any hope of friendship. Reading the Bible is one of the most important things we can ever do. It's more valuable than anything we own, sweeter than anything we have ever eaten. It is literally more important than breathing. That's not always what we see and feel when we open our Bible. Our weak, tired, distracted eyes look, and all we see is a lifeless, boring portrait on the wall. But it's not a portrait. It's a window. It doesn't hang lifeless in an old frame on the wall. It breaks through the wall into another world, the real world the lasting world, the better world. And through this window shines a divine light that changes everything around us. We all know that the road to knowing God is not easy. Discipline and resolve are important, but they can carry you only so far. A few days, a week, maybe a month, For the long run, we need something stronger, more compelling than discipline and resolve. There are too many traps along the path, too many hurdles. At the root, the reason we don't read the Bible is that we don't want to read the Bible. We don't see joy, peace, life when we see that leather binding on our shelf. We see a wall, not a window. The boring portrait, not the never-ending beauty beyond. So we put it off, leave it shut, and move on. We stay in bed, and we miss the miracle. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness, loves to speak light into hearts and minds. God wrote a book, and with his book, these words in front of us, 
He wakens our dead, bored souls. He frees us from bondage to sin, from desires that rob us of life. He comforts the depressed, inspires the discouraged, guides the confused. He empowers us to make our lives count for his cause in the world. He satisfies us completely and forever with words, his words. So will I read my Bible tomorrow? Where else would I go? How else will I know him? How else will I prepare myself to enjoy him forever? Yes, I'll spend the rest of my life looking out of this window, watching, waiting for another sight of him, another miracle, another glimpse of my God.